This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 198. Well, hello and welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the show. Great guest on with me today. Rudy Mick is going to join us and talk a little team building, entrepreneurship, what it's like to build revenue and do it in a good way, right? Like inspire your team to help you build revenue, not necessarily make them do it, but inspire them to want to do it with you and be part of your team. That's what Rudy Mick does, and he's going to teach us how to do that in our own restaurants today. This is a really, really, really good episode. I know I probably say that on every podcast episode, but Rudy shares some great tips about how to inspire your team to be not only want to help you in your business, but stay with you for an extended period of time because as business owners, we see the younger generation of people, we feel like maybe they don't want to work as hard, but they just want to be inspired and they want to work for a reason. And Rudy gives us some great tips on how we can do that inside of our own team. So I'm excited to share that one with you today in just a second. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by us, Smart Pizza Marketing Mastermind Group. I almost forgot it there for a second. Smart Pizza Marketing Mastermind Group and our Smart Pizza Marketing Agency helping you build your business using digital marketing. We do all of those things for you. The mastermind group is for you. If you're more of a hands-on type of person and you want to just learn what's working now and then go implement it on your own, our mastermind group is a perfect spot for that. Monthly calls, you can either listen or listen to the recordings. Join our free our, our private Facebook group that we have for our mastermind members. And we have a whole membership site with all of our webinars, calls, our previous mastermind calls, tutorials. If you've noticed, we do a lot of podcast episodes or videos kind of as an overview, giving you the idea of what to do inside our mastermind group. We go over those calls and over those tactics in detail. You get the recordings and also the recordings of our webinars. We do these free webinars. And if you come live, you get to see the webinar for free live. But if you want the recordings, all of those recordings are only available to our mastermind members. Go check out our mastermind group over at smartpizzamarketing.com and then click on the mastermind button at the top of the bar there and our digital agency where we do it all for you. If you have a busier shop and you want someone to just kind of take over the role of digital marketing for you, we do all of that for you. Ads, creation, content, video production, all of that stuff for you in your business. You can check us out smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip for that. The problem with that is we only work with one pizzeria per zip code and some of them are already taken. So if you want to see if yours is available, go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip Type in your business phone number, your zip code, and see. Someone will contact you and see if your zip code is available. All right, now let's get to the reason why you're here on the podcast with us today. Here's some great information to help you grow your business. And this episode is a phenomenal one with Rudy Mick of the Mick Companies. All right, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have another guest on with me who's been on many times. We've done a live show together. We've done the podcast. And he's just a tremendous guest and a tremendous help to our community that I've asked him to come on again with us and share some information. It's going to be a different episode, things we haven't talked about previously. But Rudy Mick from the Mick Companies is joining me on the show today. Rudy, thank you so much for taking the time out to join me. How are you today? Bruce, I am really well. Thanks very much for having me back. It's a great pleasure. So you've been on the live show with us. You've been on the podcast with us. And we got a lot of feedback about those episodes, and I thought they were great. So I wanted to have you come back on again. And just if we have some new listeners or some new viewers over on our YouTube channel or Facebook or wherever you happen to be catching this podcast episode, Rudy, give people a little background about what you do and how long you've been doing it for. Fabulous. So the Mick companies have been in business for 40 years. 
We've worked with restaurant companies, independent restaurateurs, chain development. Uh, everything we do is focused on uh, successful project development and growth. And all of our work is steeped in purpose, values, and creating a robust business culture we, because we believe that brand equals culture and culture equals brand. So what's the first thing that you do when you either meet with a new restaurateur in the facility? Maybe you've already talked to them and you've set up a, an appointment to go meet them or they've uh -huh. hired you to come in and consult with them. Like what's the first thing that you try to do? Uh, the first thing we do is to listen aptly and hear really what does, what do you as a client want? What do you, do you as a leader want to shift? What do you want to make sure that no matter what change occurs is kept in place? So the very first thing we do is listen. From that, we take actions based on a sense of purpose. So bigger than making money, right? Money, making money is absolutely the outcome. So the first step we'll do typically is a two-pronged approach. If there isn't purpose, uh, the big why of business defined, we'll do that. And simultaneously, we also look at all the numerics, all the numbers, all the management systems that are in place and begin to work on the fiscal side of the business at the same time so that we can track performance, not just talk about performance. I like that. And I like that you said you listen, right? A lot of people hear a lot of different things, but not too many people actually listen. It's a fundamental uh, skill and must in our work. <laughs> That's for sure. So let me, let me just tell you a question that I get a lot. Okay. And a question that I get a lot is people nowadays don't want to work, right? They, they, especially in the restaurant space, and I don't know if it's a perception that we have. So we go into meetings and we go into hirings and trainings with, with that predetermined outcome already. And it's our fault. But I hear that all of the time. Is that something that you hear as well, too, when you go meet with people? Like a lot of people feel like the employee or talent pool is just not as good as it used to be. I couldn't agree with you more. In other words, I do agree with you 100%. Um, I hear what you hear very, very often. And I do believe personally from experience working with clients, not only in our country, but all over the world, that actually that perception is exactly that. It's a missed perception. What we've found consistently client to client and regardless of concept is what is more often the case in, especially with millennials and uh, Z, Gen Z, is I may just have never worked. I may just don't know what work ethic is. It's not that I don't have one. I just don't even know what it is. So consequently, what, what those age groups especially do want is inspiration. They want guidance. They want coaching to the positive. So the old coaching habits, maybe the way you and I were raised in the business, kind of slapped hands, don't <laughs> do this, don't do that. That's not going to work very much. But the perception, I think, is wacky. We have a real opportunity in our industry to actually look at younger folks coming into the industry and, frankly, anybody coming into the industry 
with the opportunity of we need to teach what our work ethic is. That's the opportunity. I love that. And I was just talking to somebody before we hopped on this call about that very thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, my grandfather used to say to me, you know, my generation worked way harder than your generation, son. Yeah. And yeah. I, and it's it's the same thing that every generation says to the younger generation after them. But what it is for us is, and it, if, at least for me, I want I'm trying to raise my kids better than I was raised, and sometimes that means coddling them a little bit more than I should, or doing things for them to put them in a cocoon more than I should. And I realize that after having that conversation, and what you just said, is that. When we're in a restaurant business, we need to understand that the generation that is coming into the workforce now has mostly been coddled and not, like you said, not trained to have a good work ethic. So you need to understand that with them coming in and just expand your training. Is that what you mean by that? A hundred percent. So is it wrong that we as parents want to perform a different way perhaps than our parents treated us? No. Is, is the perception that we might be coddling our kids more? I, I would agree with you. That likely is the case. So, so if that's in fact the, the process, again, rather than slapping hands or, or catching people doing things wrong, the opportunity is first, we've got to decide as owners, as managers, what is effective and what do we want as parents? What do we, what's effective and what do we want? And then I think, in my experience, the opportunity is two things. I want to care about you and I want to demand strategic excellence. We call it intimate and strategic. Intimate in the sense of, hey, you're a good person. You're, you've never worked or it's your first job or you've never worked with us before. I care about you. I want you to be successful. Understand that. And, and strategic, here's what you need to do. Yeah. I care about you, do this. It's like with your kids, right? Like no matter how many times I teach my daughter how to ride a bike or how many times she falls riding that bike, I'm going to every single time she falls over, encourage her to get back up and try again. It could be a hundred times. I like your analogy much better than mine. (laughs) I care about you. I get that you just fell over. Get back up. Right. What you need to do. You know, get a little momentum, hop on, go. You're right. And no matter how many times, right? Like most of us as employers are like three times and you're out. So you fall off the bike three times, but it may take them 15 times to learn how to ride that bike. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully five. (laughs) Yeah. With me, it was a little bit longer. Well, no, no. But in all seriousness, there is, there's really... There is that balance, and I think that instead of an either-or approach, oh, you've never, you don't have a work ethic, oh, you don't know how to ride a bike, how dumb are you? Right. Instead of that, it's like, hey, I may never have ridden a mountain bike, or I, I may never have ridden a road bike. So however hard we play with this metaphor of riding a bike, you know, I may never have worked in fast casual. I may never have worked in full service. But here we are. So guess what? get on and I care about your success. Here's how you do it. As opposed to no, not like right. that. Right? <laughs> yeah. That but approach doesn't, I don't think that approach is, works anymore. No, those, those days are gone. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're ever coming back. I, I don't either. And that may be, I think in my experience, 
that shift coaching from the negative don't do this don't do that catching people doing things wrong the future is about catching people doing the tiniest thing right great eye contact great smile wow you got three plates in your hand and you didn't drop anything perfect right that's great right right i agree it's like it's and it's too like i think lee cockrell who was the uh chairman or CEO or CFO of Disney. I forget what his title is. I should probably know that since I had him on the show. Um, but he had thousands of employees. And he said, you know what? Sometimes giving someone a compliment makes their whole day. Yeah. And it's just, well, it's just uh-huh. as easy as giving them a little compliment as you walk through the right. halls. Exactly. And if we can take the compliment, good job, to actually database performance, what was the good job? Oh, eye contact, smile, carrying a plate, bussing a table making the perfect pizza right in your world yeah, yeah, yeah what whatever that data is takes the compliment even further it's really cool so you're making you want to you should make the compliment specific i want to make it specific so good job good job good job is actually will end up being negative feedback psychologically so we know this from a human sciences place if I keep complimenting and I, all I do is go, so there is, again, there's balance. Yep. It's both me. Yes to compliments. At the same time, if all I do is good job, good job, good job, but you just did 15 things. Right. Then the good job actually falls into negative feedback as opposed to good job doing your side work. Great carry. Great first approach to the table. Wow, I love the way you counted back the change out of the register. Whatever it might be that the complement is coupled with data about the performance, watch for the operators listening, watch performance go up. I like that. Now, let me ask you, so kind of based on that, um, when it comes to your team and performance, what are your thoughts on AI in maybe the moral responsibility of business owners to either have employees or to try to, you know, make sure that the employees have jobs or is it just, you know, if, if there's a robot or an artificial intelligence that can do that job, should they just go with it? Well, uh, what a great, what a great question. Um, in your opinion, in my, well, in my opinion, also in my experience, number one, AI is coming. And it's here. So to discount it is less than intelligent, excuse the pun. (laughs) So my sense is it's coming. And frankly, in the world of pizza, right, a robot, our AI is going to be able to make at some level a perfect pie. So pay attention to that. At the same time, where and how do we incorporate that technology At the same time, where is a human absolutely indispensable? So two things occur. I think for me as a team member, as a worker in the workforce, I need to pay attention to what am I doing and how do I stay ahead of the curve? How do I make myself really effective? And number two, as an operator, what's to your point, is there a morality about it? There likely is. And simultaneously, for the pure, pure capitalists out there, AI is going to take precedent. So because AI is capital expense, it's an asset, 
And if I don't have to deal with drama, right. Yes, right. And I feel like, you know what, if, if there's a job out there that you do and artificial intelligence is going to take it over, it's probably not going to happen for the next two to five years. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that artificial intelligence is that good at yet. Even like self-driving cars or taxi cabs, <laughs> like that's not coming for five to 10 years. And if yeah. you are that person, that's job is going to get taken by artificial intelligence and it's coming five to 10 years from now in five or 10 years, you don't have a job. I kind of don't feel bad for you because you well, started I coming. The opportunity, I think the opportunity is how, what is the responsibility here again? Here again is the opportunity for operators out there for your listening audience is I care about you as a human being, Mr. Dishwasher or Miss, Miss Host or Miss Pizza Maker, right? I care about you and now's the time to go get education. Right. Or, or what kind of education do we look at and go together to support, to support people to actually stay awake? Yeah, I like that because if you have a, a really great team member who does a job yeah. that you know is coming to get taken away by AI, you can say to them, hey, listen, a year from now, this job that you're doing isn't going to be here, but you can do these, you can take these steps to still be part of our team and do something different. Absolutely. And those kinds of work performance issues are going to show up in every department from accounting, purchasing and receiving to production, right? To sales. And at the same time, there are likely going to be, I believe, that it's going to be a really long time before the actual care persona of direct eye contact of human emotion and purpose shows up in AI. So it is a both and. Yeah. And I think it depends on what type of business you're in too, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a delivery business, if you're in a takeout or delivery business where there's very little human contact, then I don't care if a robot delivers my pizza. Yeah. But if I go out to for some dining I don't want a robot coming up to my table and kind of interacting with me. It would be weird. Yeah, well, and that perception is likely going to evolve, right, by the time your kids are your age. That's you know? true. My kids probably won't think that's weird. That's, yeah. Then they'll just yeah. say, Dad, you're old. So, well, and so to the audience, I would say our entire industry needs to step into a both-and mentality as owners, as leaders, as managers. There's no – there's very little – either or left. There's very few black and white decisions anymore. It, it really is, we're, we're dealing with paradox. Yeah. AI is here. How do we deal with it? What do I do with my people? Right? And what do you think that, how does that relate to sales? Like we know how it relates to interaction with, you know, customers, the customer interaction with the staff members, and that'll be different if it's AI or if it's a kiosk or a you know, an online ordering system that you do online. How does that affect sales? Do you think it affects sales at all, pro or con? I don't really. Ultimately, I don't think so. I think that those brands are going to, I think the brands that move into AI or the products and the marketing uh, focus, that it's appropriate for AI, like you're saying. I think sales will continue and just get efficient in the public the public will get used to it. Here, here would be the analogy that I would go to in my, in my brain set is I look at the banking industry and in the name of improving service, they put in automatic tellers, right? Yeah. ATMs. Oh, we're going to give you better service. No, you gave us no service. <laughs> what you gave us is 
a machine that clicks in. You got to cut labor. You got to shut down any human interaction and just make it easy, quote unquote, to get my money out. I just have to remember my pin. Right. In the name of service. So what I hope we can do with AI is not play games with, oh, we're giving you better service. No, really what you're giving us is access. You're not giving us service at all. <laughs> right. So where I need access, give me access, right? Look at the concepts now that are coming back to food machines, right? We're not even, we've got one or two prep people in the back of a wall of food boxes. Yep. It goes clear back to the 20s, right? Right. In the 1920s. <laughs> That's crazy, huh? Yeah. So what is the equivalent there? And I think if we can get past as business owners and leaders and managers, we can get past either or, good or bad, and get to, wait a minute, the complexity is going to continue. And we know AI is going to be there, and we know we love people. When people are on their best, there's nothing to replace it. Right. So how do we hold both? Right. That's, that's going to be the future, I think. And I look at a company like Amazon. Amazon is a really big tech yeah. company. And they've done a tremendous job at, you know, building infrastructure technology wise, like Alexa or the online ordering or buying Whole Foods and having Whole Foods delivery now. But there's still human elements in there that make it a, a yeah. company that you'd want to work for. Yeah, it's a both and. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know Amazon well enough to make a, a spurging comment, but my intuition is if it could be all robots, they'd do it. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that they would too, but maybe that'll come 20 years from now. But we'll I, I hope that's not actually the case. Anybody from Amazon out there listening, please see the smile on my face. <laughs> now, we, we emailed back and forth about something that I think people will be interested in as well, and it was increasing revenue, right? And you talked about increasing revenue through inspired service rather than mandated service. And can you just give me, for me, can you just give me a brief description of the difference of those two things? Well, first of all, I, I heard this quote a long time ago from a speaker, unfortunately, I don't even remember, but it was a poignant statement. My guests are never going to be happier than my most disgruntled team members. That's so true. Um, I'm intentionally creating space there, right? Yeah. So now somebody listening could say all of our reason for robots at AI. <laughs> but, the, but, but where I'm really heading with this is why do people work? So to your question, what, why do people work? Why do we have businesses? So at one level, some people would say the purpose is to make money. Okay? And most of us need to make money to live. So out of that, great. But if you think about the motivation to work, I think that there are predominantly two drivers. One is I'm inspired. And if I'm inspired enough, think of all the NGOs, think of all the nonprofits, think for Habitat to, of Humanity, what all the cool things that are out there. If I'm inspired enough, I'll work for free. If I can afford it, I will work for free. So there's inspiration. Sadly, the other motivation is threat. 
or some sort of fear-based being threatened. So I'm coached to the pot, to the negative. My hands are slapped. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm not really very happy at work. I'm really more fearful and threatened than I am inspired, but I have to work. I have to have a job. And maybe I get myself stuck in a corner thinking this is the only job I can get right now. Right. So think about, I mean, this is so base. If I'm more fear-based, how more opportunistic am I going to be for the betterment of the guest? I'm going to, I'm going to be looking out for myself, maybe not the employer and maybe not the guest. If I'm inspired, everybody wins the employer, the guest and me. And if you're, mandated right if that employee gets an opportunity that's so just financially just a little bit better they're going to take that bingo and that's where oh i'm going to jump ship for 50 cents more an hour right a dollar more an hour exactly whereas if i'm inspired truly inspired we have a definitive purpose we have values that we live we've acknowledged ai and our training and commitment to people right all of those all of those issues Somebody offers me 50 cents an hour more or a buck more an hour. I'm not going to jump ship. I, I've got it too good. Is it possible for a, a, a leader to go from a person who usually mandates to inspirational leadership? Yes. Or does that weird out the employees? I think, I think there, I mean, some in my personal experience, so this is, not just theoretically is it possible. Yes, it is theoretically possible. Because you've seen it happen. Yeah. Theoretically, some consultants, some psychologists, some social scientists would say, no, at the end of the day, this person is going to be this person is going to be this person. In my experience, however, and as a psychologist and human scientist, human uh, a social scientist, I've seen people choose to change with information with database tools they can shift oh my god i can see i'm not being as effective i'm being more of a jerk than an inspirer let me stop being a jerk thank you for the new tool set and the new behaviors and now i have actually a way to shift so not unlike an employee that maybe doesn't have a work ethic quote we need to teach them how to work with a manager that comes from the negative, or maybe there's an opportunity to simply shift them and teach them how to give positive feedback and coach to the positive. If I choose to, I can change. Choice is key. I like that. And it, it must really freak out the employees when they come in one day and all of a sudden the manager that used to you know, say, don't do this, don't do that, is like, hey, good job on that busting the table or good yeah. job, that pizza looks fantastic. They must be yeah. thinking they're in the twilight zone. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, at least in our client systems, what we'll hear too is that the training we're giving managers and leaders in, in positive feedback and in, in communication tools that are database and get rid of drama. Yeah. Now I take those tools home back to your daughter learning to ride the bike. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden your daughter starts saying, Hey dad, you're, wow, this is so cool. I, you're different. Right. And we're literally getting feedback about, not only am I a better manager or a better leader at work, but I'm a better dad. I'm a better mom. I'm a better spouse. And life right? is better. And life is, guess what? Life is better. Yeah. How long does it usually take? Like, how, what's the process like? Does it take, a, does it take 
some convincing on your part to say, hey, listen, this is the way to do it, and maybe some instances in in which you show them how to do it before they really understand and accept it? Or is it, you know what, I'll just try it? I wish it was so easy as to say to <laughs> the whole viewing audience, please hire us. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of work. <laughs> that we get hired. Um, what is interesting is that, like the choice mentioned earlier, when a an owner or leaders of a company choose to make these changes, the changes with the right tool sets, which I think without sounding too bragged, too much bragging, our tools work is literally in days. And I'm not exaggerating in days, we start hearing, Oh my God, I did this at home and there was an impact. Oh my gosh. Yesterday at the shift, I tried this and it actually worked. So literally in days, the culture, the performance can shift and positive impact happens. And people will just say, Whoa, something's happened. Something's changing. Yeah. And I, you know what? Sometimes it takes listening to a show like this or a podcast or reaching out to Rudy and emailing him and say, Hey, I have a question and getting on a phone call with you because we're stuck in our environment sometimes too much. And we think that it's, it is what it is. And we're in our restaurant and there's not going to be much change because it's just been doing this for so long and it's just going to be this forever. But yeah. I have to say, even me talking to guys like yourself, Rudy, over the course of this last four years that I've been doing this, if I was to open a restaurant today, I would do it completely different than I did it 10 years ago when I operated. Sure. sure. But what I, what I love with what you're asking, Bruce, and, and the whole conversation that you're bringing up, your expertise and the guidance you give your audience around great pizza Right. There's no difference in what we're truly no difference in what we're talking about around leadership and management than there is in coming up with the perfect dough recipe. Right. That's bulletproof. If I want Neapolitan pie, here's the recipe and I work at it and I practice it and I get it bulletproof consistent. If I want thick and and lots of moisture in the dough and rising dough I work on it and I work on it and I work on it. I end up with a recipe and the recipe is sacred. Well, why can't that be the same opportunity with people? And it is. We just have to choose to go there. Everything's a choice. Everything's a choice. Welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Rudy, thank you so much for joining. Where can people go if they want to email you or check you out? I know your website uh, is at the best place to go reach you. Uh, the website is very easy. Uh, my my email is Rudy at Mick, M-I-I-C-K dot com, Rudy at Mick dot com. So it's my name. And uh, I'm sure you can post our phone number. And yeah. Website. Stuff. The website is uh, Mick dot com. Really easy website. Mick is with two I's, M-I-I-C-K. And I believe you are Rudy Mick on all the platforms, if I'm not mistaken. I, that is correct. Yeah. So if you want to go say hello on LinkedIn or Twitter, and if you're listening to this and you're in the shop working or you're driving in your car, or don't don't write anything down while you're driving. Go to smartpizzamarketing.com, type in Rudy in the search bar up top, and this episode will come up and we'll link all of that stuff for Rudy in the show notes for this episode. Rudy, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Bruce, thanks so much for having me. Thanks again. 
All right, big thank you to Rudy for joining me on the show. Great information there. If you want to head over or to see what he's doing on social or on his website, we take all the show notes for you. Go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Type in Rudy in the search bar at the top, and it'll bring you to the episodes that Rudy's been on. He actually joined us for a previous episode of the podcast, and he's also joined us for a live episode. Those video, The video live show that we have recording, you'll probably find on our YouTube channel, and you can get that link to that over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be doing a lot of videos over there. A lot of these podcast episodes we do video versions of and also some more video tutorial kind of things over on our YouTube channel there. If you're not friends with me on Instagram, hey, go check me out on Instagram. Shoot me a direct message on Instagram. I'll follow you back. Let me know you heard me on the podcast here or the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast and you're checking us out over on Instagram. See a little behind the scenes of what we're doing here on the podcast on our stories there. Smart Pizza Marketing on Instagram. And if you could give us a quick review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, if you're listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Spotify, please give us a quick review. Let's us know you're listening and that you're enjoying the podcast episodes that we do hear you do here for you for free. Uh, and uh, that would be much appreciated on my end. And if you have a question, anything about marketing, branding, digital advertising, future episode of the show you'd like to see us produce, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email address for that. All right, guys, thank you so much for your attention and thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode.